Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another live Q&A with yours truly. And on this channel, my goal is to help you mature, uh, grow for God's optimal use. And I pray that the videos for those who subscribe have been a blessing to you. And for those who's been listening, watching, um, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you've been um, um, receiving my uh, materials, I pray um, they have been a blessing to you. I hope uh, they continue to edify you and equip you for God's work in your life. Because my job here is to help you make sense of your life. And my purpose in life is to help you grow spiritually for God's optimal use. And so that's my heart. And that's what the purpose of this Unplugged channel is to help you unplug from the world and plug into Christ. Um, and so if you're joining me live now, I want to say welcome. And I hope you all are doing exceptionally well. I'm excited for the opportunity to do live Q&As because I really feel that that's where um, I'm my strongest at times. And so I'm here to serve. So I'm waiting for you guys and gals to post your questions. And if you're new to my channel, my name is Joshua Ezzy, a.k.a. Coach Josh. And if you feel like after watching this video, like, yo, man, this this thing, has, this person who's being used by the Holy Spirit is very uh, uh, beneficial to my walk with God, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell, hit the notification, post notification so you can get all the information because no man, no woman knows the hour when Coach Josh would do a live Q&A. So subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. Let's get right to the chat box so I can get into my next 30 minutes or so to serve you all. Uh, uh, Miss Toussaint, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well yourself. Melina, what's going on? Tosca, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. Jaretta Emanuel, hey, what's up? What's up? Divine 15, hope you're well. How do I continue to keep my faith up? Good question. Um, Faith is a muscle. Like I've always said in any video or for the most recent videos that I, that I, um, <clears throat> talk in regards to faith is that faith is a muscle and faith must be uh, maximized. It must grow. It must be developed. And in order to keep your faith up, you have to stay faithful. Um, in order to be to walk in the faith, you have in order to walk in faith, you have to be full of faith. And faith is developed by uh, observing God's faithful track record, um, um, being intentional, and and doing the disciplines that ensures that 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 you stay uh, faithful, and also making sure that you kill the flesh, that you starve the flesh, because it's hard to walk in faith when you're full of 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 carnality, when you're full of of false persuasions, when you follow the world's ideals. And so when you get too intellectual or too consumed with the carnal world <clears throat> that surrounds us, then you lose your ability to walk by faith. That's why I always tell people, do not allow your faith to be blinded by your sight. So many people's faith has been blinded by what they see. So how do you continue to keep your faith up? It's to continue um, um, to observe God's faithful track record, continue to engage in the day that God I had made for you because in our days there's opportunities for our faith to grow. Um, like I always say, everyone uh walks by faith, everyone is living by faith. The chair, the couch that I'm sitting on right now, because of his faithful track record, I don't have to worry about this chair um, not holding me up. And when we lose sight of how faithful God has been, we lose sight on building our faith going forward. So, like I said in a previous video, maybe three or four videos back, I suggested that you get a faith. Uh, a faith tracker journal. 
small notebook or whatever, and just write down how God has been faithful to you. Write down all of the things you have noticed God has done for you, and that'll increase your faith in him. See, faith subsides when 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 something is proven not to be faithful. And the enemy's objective is, is to make you believe that God is not faithful. If he can do that, then you will lose sight and lose your faith in him and then put your faith in something else. And when you put your faith in something else and that thing disappoints you, then you back at square one disappointed. But God is faithful. It's just most of the times we want God to do things that we don't, that he doesn't, that he's not going to do. And it, and it causes a transfer of faith to others. So there's a lot of things you got to observe in your life to see why you, your faith may be low, but to build your faith up, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So get into God's word exclusively, remove all distractions that may try to dilute your faith in God and begin to continue to stay faithful in the fundamentals of the faith, which is praying, which is uh, reading God's word, which is um, 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 uh, being around accountability, which is all different kind of things. And then over time, you will find your faith going up. The last advice I give on that is to make sure you surround yourself with faith stirrers. Your faith becomes stagnant if you don't stir your faith or you're not around other people who, who are faith getters, who people who are going after, people who are believing in God. Because when you're around that kind of energy, it motivates you. Hope that helps. <coughs> Excuse me. Ooh, y'all already got questions in, even in this 11 o'clock hour. Tierra, how you feeling? Hope you're doing well. Divine 15 says, now I now have a fear of being kidnapped due to so many people coming up missing every day and sold. I'm afraid that myself or family members will be next. Any advice? Yes. Um, a thousand may fall at your left, 10,000 may fall at your right, but it won't come near you. God is a protector. Um, um, and it's, this is the time of, this is the time uh, that that we got to make sure we deepen our discernment. And every lady watching me right now, um, it doesn't matter where you are, you're safe. The will, of the, the will of God will not take you where his grace won't keep you. And so my objective <clears throat> in this advice is to ensure that every young lady understands the importance of, of deepening your discernment, uh, understanding uh, your surroundings, and, and the power of prayer and the power of God's protection. You see what I'm saying? And so most people find themselves in situations, not necessarily in this area, but a lot of women find themselves in situations based upon all women and men. Let's just not generalize, but men and women find themselves in situations where danger is because of their lack of discernment. The more you deepen your discernment and you execute on that discernment, you will always be safe. I, I, what I don't want to happen is for you to walk in fear. I don't want you to be living life afraid. Uh, uh, um, uh, why fear man? You know, fear God. And that fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Your reverence for God, your honor for God will then bring a peace. You know what I'm saying? And so... <clears throat> I understand what's going on right now, um, but that's when you just deepen your discernment and realize um, that we live in a day and age where where things are are sick like that. Um, but but God is a protector. God will keep you. The enemy wants you to walk by fear because walking in fear keeps you from walking in faith. Walking in fear keeps you from being productive where God wants you to be faithful. You see what I'm saying? So my advice to you is to write every woman name down that's close to you, cover them in prayer as well as yourself, and 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 look up scriptures. Go to openbible.info and look up scriptures about um, um, safety. Um, those who uh, uh, follow God and the safety that comes with that. And 
and and and meditate on that and maneuver through life knowing that God's got you. Uh, uh, deepen your discernment. Be aware of your surroundings, and 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 get a gun. That helps too. You know, um, get you a gun, go to a shooting range, um, get your uh, carry <clears throat> license to carry and all that good stuff and 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 get a gun. That's it. That's my advice on that. So don't walk in fear, um, but just walk in 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 wisdom and, and know that God is a protector. He is going to keep you no matter what. So I now have fear of being kidnapped due to so many people coming up missing every day and sold. I'm afraid that myself or family members will be next. Um, you're not next. Um, don't even let the enemy play that in your mind because the more you entertain it, the more you'll find yourself detained in it and the more you'll find yourself in a situation. You, you don't have time to, look, <clears throat> there's stuff going on around us all the time. And when we overly consume ourselves with this fallen world and not a faithful God that protects his own, then we'll find ourselves, uh, um, um, distracted. Hope to help. Um, God is your protector. Um, um, get scriptures, look up scriptures to help you meditate on so your mind won't be focused on it. Um, be aware of your surroundings, walk in wisdom, walk in discernment. If the Holy Spirit tell you to go somewhere, go. If the Holy Spirit tell you not to park somewhere, don't park there. Listen, the Holy Spirit is there to protect you and to guide you into all truth. Christopher says, hey, coach, I'm asking you for advice showing lack of faith. Okay, coach, I'm asking um, for advice showing lack of faith. Um, if I understand your question correctly, I'll advise you this way. Um, like I said, for the young lady above, a lack of faith is evidence of a lack of tracking God's faithfulness. You see what I'm saying? The more that you observe God and you fellowship with God, it's not only just observing his faithful track record, you got to fellowship with him every day. It's, it's, that's what builds your faith in him. Like if I, I fellowship with this couch all the time. So there's there's no doubt in this couch because I know this couch is legit. I know this couch got me. You know what I'm saying? And so the more you fellowship with God, the more you realize, man, God is really about his his life. And sometimes we lose faith. Like I said before, sometimes we lose faith because of our lack of understanding of of God and his sovereignty and his fathering. You see what I'm saying? And so with many of us, we lack faith in God because we're disappointed that God didn't do or operate according to our false expectations. And so what happens is we lose faith in God because God, where's my husband? God, where's my wife? God, where's my promotion? But you lost sight on the other half of God. A lot of preachers are preaching a lot about God being this, this person that loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, but there's no order. The Bible says he does everything in decency and in order. God's a God of order. You see what I'm saying? And so when you balance things out, proper understanding comes in when you begin to realize that God is faithful in the basics. Sometimes we look at God, why hasn't God been faithful in the big? But when you understand that God is always faithful in the basics, number one, you have air in your lungs. Number two, you ain't as worse as you should be. You know what I'm saying? Number three, you're saved. You know what I'm saying? So, so he has take, he is very faithful at the basics, but many of us never look at the basic faithful track record of God. We just monitor the six months by year where the big things happen. And then when those big things don't happen, according to our timetable, we lose faith in God. Nah, you don't lose faith in God. What I do is I track the small things. I thank God for the 200 some thousand breaths I breathe every day. No, not 200, but 27,000 breaths that I breathe every day. I'm thankful for God. I got two operative operating legs, operating arms, all my fingers. You see what I'm saying? I'm thankful for the little 
things. And then that will continue to keep me on that rhythm, that pace of of, of faith, because I see that God has been faithful. The first words I say out of my mouth is, God, thank you for another day. So when you practice the little things, you will never lack in faith. But when you always observe, when is God going to do the next big thing? <clears throat> Your faith begins to wane because you're not including with the big, the basics. Hope to help. Hey, coach, what's going on, Christina? How you feeling? Coach, how do you truly get in God's presence? God's presence is everywhere. It, it, but tapping into his presence is based upon um, uh, acknowledgement or recognition or, or um, the Bible says, enter into his courts with, uh, uh, enter into his uh, courts with praise and enter it with, um, let me find a scripture. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say, you get the gist. But what I'm saying is that praise is a sweet aroma to God. Like it's the recognition of God's faithfulness. It's the recognition of God's presence. See, I can be in the presence of my wife, but if I have a hard heart towards her, I'm not going to recognize her presence. I'm not going to welcome her presence. And when you have idols in your heart, when you have indulges in your in your in your heart and you have all these things complicating the intimacy between you and God then you're not going to be able to really tap into the fullness of his presence now, is God everywhere like if I stop if I hold my breath right now that doesn't take away the air that's around me but if I engage with the air that's there I have life but if I if I close my mouth and close my hands and close my ears and close my eyes to the to the to the God that I live move and have my being in then I won't be able to breathe spiritually. That's the beauty about God. God is not going to force himself on you. He's going to be there with you because he's all knowing and he's uh, omnipresent. So he's there. But if you are resistant <clears throat> to it because of insecurities, because of um, identity issues, because of indulgences, because of whatever, then, then it's going to be hard for you to engage the presence of God. God's presence is there, but you got to breathe. You got to engage it. But that's a mindset. Your mind has to recognize the, the, the beauty of God, the awe of God, the, the, the faithfulness of God. And then when your mind begins to follow that thought pattern, then you'll find your feet stepping into the presence or unlocking it because you are engaging in it. Um, and that's what I do. Like there's moments where God's presence is heavier, but the more my mind is engaged with God, the more tangible his presence is, the more engaging his presence is because it's not because of him, it's because of me. If there are blockers in your life, blockers in your mind that's trying to distract you from the presence of God in your life, it's going to be hard for you to really feel him in a way. And I tell people your concentration leads to your consecration. And the more consecrated you are, the more focused you are, the more disciplined you are, the more tangible, the more you're able to recognize God's presence. And let me make sure I give this right here. God doesn't want us to be so caught up on feeling his presence. It's really is recognizing his presence. God ain't about a feeling. So you could be reading your Bible all day and you might not feel the goosebumps. So I don't want you to get so caught up on what Josh, I don't feel God. I don't feel his presence. But the more you begin to recognize it in a fundamental, logical and, and, and just uh, mentally engaging with God, man, you will begin to recognize him, feel him, and 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 you'll begin to feel the hot spots is what I call them. I, I call the hot spots where, where the Holy Spirit will lead me to a place to have a conversation with the person. And then I feel the heat of God. Like what I mean by heat, I feel like this moment of, of use. 
that's that's the beauty with God is that I navigate with God, engage him and until these hot spots occur where I really feel him really revving me. Like when I do these live videos, before I do these videos, I, I recognize that I'm nothing without him. And I engage with his presence. Like, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Use me. And that's why this content be coming out like that. And I and I know it, but it's not based upon, oh, I, I feel this rushing of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I don't feel it. I just know I, I noticed it because of the content that comes out of my mouth. So I say all that to say, you get in it by making sure that you get out all the things inside of you that's hindering you from getting in it. Fears, insecurities, doubts. And that's where you renew your mind. First, you got to recognize your position in God, that you're righteous in God by Christ, through Christ Jesus, right? That you're, that you, because of what Christ did for you, you can walk to God and step to God and engage with God because of Christ. Your sin was on him. His righteousness was imputed on you. Now you can engage with God in right standing. And when you begin to recognize it, that humbles you, but it also excites you because man, Christ, man, I have access. But it's also exciting because I'm a child of God. Now that you're a child, you can you can tap into his presence. But most people cannot engage with the presence of God because of how their presence was between them and their father. And what you got to do is you got to separate how your father was and how the heavenly father is and, and be that little child with him. And then you'll recognize his presence everywhere. <clears throat> Good question. Lenny Lavender, how you feeling? Rosa Garcia, I really need prayer feel real sad tonight. Rosa, I'll pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Miss Garcia. You know her situation. You know the nuances. You know it all the way down to the invisible details. Through the power that's invested in me, I come against the spirit of sadness. I come against the spirit of impending depression. Uh, she is the righteousness of God. She's a daughter of God and she has a purpose. So through the authority that's invested in me, I come against every spirit. I command a looser in the name of Jesus. Angels, I thank you that you're ministering to her right now. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be her strength. And with that being said, God, I turn my attention back to you. I thank you that it's already done, that she will begin, that the, that the spirit in her, that you have gifted her through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the death in his resurrection, that she will begin to unlock, the her mind will be unlocked to begin to um, recognize the areas that she may be um, lacking or the areas that she may be uh, not have discipline or wherever that may have introduced this sadness. And I thank you, Lord, for her deliverance now. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Practically, what you have to do is write down why you sad and, and write down why Christ is a savior and because he can save you from that. You go to the scriptures and you write down scriptures about joy and, and really take some time to enjoy God. Go to Spotify, get your top three or four worship songs and just allow the words of those. Make sure they biblically sound. But, you know, the Holy Spirit, you, you'll feel the Holy Spirit popping up songs and, and to just enjoy him tonight. And let that sadness melt off of you. Renesame says, how do you know you met the one? <clears throat> Knowing the one is peculiar and uniquely tailored to individuals. I cannot share. I can. I don't want to. I'm not going to share my story, but I don't want to share it in a way to make you believe that every story is the same. Um, you know, you will have a better chance of knowing who the one is based upon you knowing the one capital O. The more you know the one Christ, you will begin to understand or know who's right for you. When you know the person of God and then you know your purpose, then you will know your person. You've heard me say this in, in many videos. It's, in that, it's literally in that order. 
When you know the person of God and you engage with him, you now become distracted from thinking about who the spouse is. Your whole aim and your whole focus is to serve God. If you can't serve God in your singleness, <clears throat> you will be of no service to him in your married life because you will just be connected to your idol and you won't have nothing, no dealings with God or want no desire of him. And that's what happens. Many of us are idolizing the idea of marriage and don't realize what comes with marriage and the pressures that come with it. And a lot of people get messed up that way. So my advice to you is don't worry about who the one is, lowercase O, worry about the one capital O and get to know him, become one with him, become intertwined with him because you're going to need that chemistry. You're going to need that experience. You're going to need that flow so that when you get married, you still are engaging with the, with the spirit of God, with the one, and it will help you with the nuances of your marriage. So when you get to know the person of God, you would then know your purpose. When you know these two, you would then begin to recognize the person God has for you in accordance to your purpose and in according to his, according to the one who has called y'all together. How that happens is uniquely tailored to the sovereignty of God and how he wants to order it in your life. I just know you will know, but you won't really know, or you may end up confused if you are not really, um, uh, uh, knowing or involved or engaged with the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. <clears throat> Everyone who's looking for the one right now, you're distracted from the one that you need to know because the more you utilize your singleness to get to know the one, capital O, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know him and you begin to recognize the seriousness of life, that life is about a mission. It's not about marriage, it's about a mission that when you find your personal mission, then you will begin to find the mission for your marriage and you won't be self-serving, self-seeking, and, and overly idolizing and putting unnecessary expectations on someone because you didn't really maximize your singleness. So how do you know you met the one? You will begin the process of getting to know the one when you take care of uh, or when you get to know Christ and get to know him deeply and get to engage with who you are. So many people don't have no purpose. And so they just start choosing people. And then when you really investigate both parties, you begin to recognize y'all don't match. I'm so glad I, I was, I've been engaged with my purpose since I was 18 years old. So when it came to <clears throat> women in my life, I was able to say, nah, it's just not going to work no matter how, whatever they was at that time in my life. I just knew, man, two different directions. It ain't going to really fit. You see what I'm saying? And only getting to know God and being content with him and really loving him more than anything in life, which is difficult because we, because we live in a world full of lust and full of vanity. But when you know God and you love God and you engage with him and you begin to engage with your purpose, the one will surprise you. If you're looking for the one, the one won't be there. But if you are up under the one and you engaging and you fulfilling your purpose, It'll be like they tap you on the shoulder. It'll be like they just came out of nowhere. And then at that moment, the Holy Spirit, you'll know. That's my advice on that. Christina Stubb says, any advice for overcoming burnout? Oh, good question. How do we properly balance working towards our goals and getting sufficient rest? Sometimes I feel guilty for taking days off because I feel like I'm uh, slaving um, or slacking off. Great question. <clears throat> burnout is the fruit or is the result of, 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 how can I put this? Um, let me break it down this way. When you understand that life with God doesn't match the pace of this world, 
The world's focus is about living longer here. People want a bigger house. They want a bigger car. They want bigger followers. They want all these different things because the enemy's objective is to make you love this world and to become prideful here. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Those three things was evident in the Garden of Eden. The lust of the flesh, the Bible says, Eve looked at it and said it was good enough for food. Lust of the eye. It said it, uh, it was. Um, it looked good and that it was enough to make one wise the pride of life so everyone's looking for this wisdom this 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 success in this world and it makes people work beyond the limits of God we have to understand that God cares uh, uh, about family that he cares about your health that he cares about uh, balance that he cares about uh, stewardship and those principles become stretched or those principles become weak in the lives of people when people um, utilize their weak for self-seeking and for pursuing things that has no kingdom um, 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 results. You see what I'm saying? So my advice to people is, and it's what I had to learn in my own personal life. I had to learn this for real. I had to realize that Josh, what you're chasing will, will, will flee, will continue to be fleeting, will continue to go beyond you. And it's going to hinder you. I realized that, man, I'm here for the long haul. So the goal is, is to, is to, is to separate your life in a way where you're able to find your pace. Do not feel guilty of taking time off. The Bible talks about rest, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And what that means is, is that we're, we were supposed to have within our repertoire, within our weeks, moments of rest to be rejuvenated for the real work. Many of us are being burnt out for a work that has no kingdom value. Do you know how many people are burning themselves out and ain't going to have nothing to show for it in heaven? Spending all these years there and he have nothing to show, God is going to bring what he needs to bring to you in his timing. I've been doing this for 12 years and I've never been so at peace in my life because I'm not chasing the likes. I'm not chasing the followers. I don't feel like I have to work. There'll be times I take two to three weeks off from my videos because I'm supposed to. Because I know promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west or from the inside of me. Or for me, it comes from God. So any advice for overcoming burnout, that's how you overcome burnout, is finding the balance. You find the balance by finding the right order of your priorities. So number one, you got to say, okay, God. Number two, if you married your wife or husband, or if you single, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, let me make it, break it down like this. God, you, your significant other, your family, your immediate family, those who are in your house, immediate family, and then your craft. If you don't take care of those three, the other one will sacrifice the three. So you can you got to make sure that your life surrounds your relationship with God and not the other way around. When 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 God is the center, he will slow you down. He will slow you down to the proper pace that he wants you to go at so that you don't burn out. When you understand that legacy is the goal, that 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 the goal is passing down things to my children's children's children, then you slow your life down to see the bigger picture because a lot of people got a bunch of money, but they don't got a bunch of health. They got a bunch of wealth, but they don't have a bunch of health. I'd rather uh, uh, use my health 
to get wealth than to use my health, than to use my wealth to get health. I rather use my health to get wealth than to use my wealth to get health. You see what I'm saying? I rather make sure I'm healthy and I'm actually make sure that I recognize what true wealth is, which is family, which is uh, uh, God and all those good things that would then balance out your burnout. So how do we properly balance working towards our goals and getting sufficient rest is realizing promotion comes from God. Promotion comes from him. That doesn't mean you slack. It just means listen to your body. If your body is tired, take a nap. If your body is tired, and you feel like you're not clicking mentally and you feel like your your children or your family is is subsiding rest enjoy life the rest will come but i rather be a thousandaire and have and be a, and be wealthy with god and wealthy with myself and wealthy in my family than to be a billionaire and broke in every other area sometimes i feel guilty for taking days off because i feel like i'm still like listen it is not about who gets there first. It's about who can can sustain that position. I did with me and BD did the Good Guys podcast today, and I said a point in that in that, in that podcast. I said, "Man, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last." Now, what does that mean? Now, I talked about how the people who are last are able to see the mistakes of the first. Those who are last are able to learn from the mistakes of those who rush to be first. And so as they begin to journey at their slow pace, at the pace that they were supposed to go, they actually stay at first longer because they was able to prepare and learn. People who rush to things first burn out. And then the person who was just slowly taking their time eventually passes them. Those who got married at 22, divorced by 28, Marriage is done by 40, by, by 33, and you getting married at 33, you marry longer than them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't worry about it. Take as much time as you need off to make sure you are rejuvenated for the real assignment that God has for you. <clears throat> Hope that I got time for maybe two or three more, and I'm done. Um, I, just, I had some time today. I said, let me go ahead and do a live Q&A because I won't be able to do one tomorrow. And so I want to make sure I did one this weekend. Um, okay. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Hope y'all well. Hope y'all well. Okay. Joretta says, my ex wants to be back together, but I was halfway over him and he is a Muslim now. How do I make the right choice? The right choice to realize that two cannot walk together lest they be agreed. The Bible talks about not to be unequally yoked. And if y'all unequally yoked at the foundation of belief, then y'all not going to be able to walk in accordance to the one and true God. You see what I'm saying? It's not about who wants you back because people who want you back want you to go backwards. You see what I'm saying? Why go backwards when your goal is to go forward? So the goal is to write down everything you know about that person, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and write down the beauty of your life right now. Um, it, it, sometimes people overlook the beauty of singleness. When you change your perspective on singleness, you'll begin to see how beautiful it is, how beneficial it is, how needed it is. And, and sometimes when you find that happiness and you're halfway over a person and you're about to go over that hump into a place of peace and you're about to go into a place of, of wow, singing is not that bad, not as bad as I thought, then you begin to find the distractors coming back in. Now you start having excess contact because the enemy knows that you're going into that 
that place going over that hump. And the enemy's up to objective is to bring people into your life that wants you back. In other words, want to pull you back into that place of soul tap, pull you back into that place of, of disease, disease, pull you right back to a place of lack of peace. Why go backwards? If that person is not ahead of you, then why go back to them? You see what I'm saying? So the right choice is, number one, he doesn't believe the same thing you believe fundamentally when it comes to faith. And when you have children and when you have a family, where are you going to go? What y'all going to do? How y'all going to walk together in the right direction if y'all don't agree? And most of the time, people want you back because you was you was the help they needed. You was their drug. And when they say drug, they were, you were their person for tough times. Usually when people let go of somebody, that means they were using that person for something selfish. And then they go about their life and they try to do other things and they felt, they realized, oh, wow, I had it good at what's her name's house. I had it good at what's his name's house. And then what happens is that person wants to call you back because now they're back in a low place. My ex wants to be back together, but I was halfway over him and he is a Muslim now. You leave him over to Jesus. Leave him over, leave him over there with Allah and them. And, and leave him over there and he'll he'll realize no disrespect to my Muslim friends, but I'm just saying, like the truth is the truth. And uh and, and you don't have time to try to figure it out. You don't have no, you don't have time to to pray him over. You enjoy your singleness and you if you halfway over him, then you halfway there. Do not go back to the starting line of being soul tied and being tangled, tangled up with that individual. So the right choice is right in front of you. Hope they help. J uh, Jennifer, hey, how you feeling? What's going on? J uh, Jazz J said, is law is the law of attraction manifestation considered new age religion? If so, how do you repent for falling into a good question? Um, the law of attraction <clears throat> is a secular term. Um, that has crept into the church um, that's making people naming and claiming that's making people saying stuff like that is mine and, and is warping um, people's views on the sovereignty of God and how things happen according to his will and his timing. And so um, you can speak those things that be not as though they were, but you got to speak in accordance to what is. You have to speak into accordance of who God is. You got to speak in accordance to his word. And when you begin to speak his word, the Bible says his word would not return back to him void. But see, most of us are are declaring things, speaking things that has nothing according to God's will. And, 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 and to help you repent from it and just say, Father, I repent for, for, for trying to attract things while subtracting you out of my life. I, I repent for trying to attract things to consume of, to consume it with my own lust. Look at why you ask for things and, and interview your heart. Look at your heart and say, why do I want this? Why am I speaking for this to be in my life? Why am I increasing my value to attract? Like God doesn't care about the look of a thing. He cares about the life of a thing. He cares about the motive of it. And so that's what you got to examine. Like, why do I want this? Why do I need this? Why am I trying to attract this? The only person I should be attracting is God. The Bible says, if you draw near to him, draw, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's like, we got to be focusing on drawing to him because in drawing to him, he will begin to draw the picture in our life visually for us to see. And we'll begin to see, wow, this is the, this is what I need to be speaking. This is what I need to be talking. This is what I need to be addressing, etc. because it's in, in alignment with God's wording, with God's will. Yes, um, trying to speak though, and it's possible demons will demons have a delivery service too. 
You know what I'm saying? Hell got his own delivering service too. You can speak those things, but it's whose delivery truck is what it, whose delivery truck is what you want in. You see what I'm saying? Because the devils will hear that too and be like, this thing, we're going to bring this person in her life as a counterfeit. We're going to bring this thing in her life as a counterfeit and sabotage it. Because the business statement of the, the delivery service of hell is to steal, to kill, and destroy. The basic the business line of, of heaven's delivery service is that Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Most of the things we're trying to attract subtracts life, things that we need to subtract in our lives as life. And that's what you have to process. So just repent, change your mind about those ideals, get into the word of God and really get to get in with God and begin to realize what is my purpose? What am I supposed to speak? Go to Google and write down, uh, look up um, verses on words, verses on the tongue, verses on on prayer and begin to align your your words and your life according to God's word. And then you will begin to see um, God bringing things in your life in his due timing. Hope to help. Aline Collins says, hey, coach, appreciate the videos. You're so welcome. Hope all is well. All is well. Thank you. Thank you. How do you condition yourself when you have procrastinated during a season of preparation to feel like that season is ending? Um, God is faithful. God is a God of another chance. Um, most times God allows us to squander seasons for us to understand or appreciate the value of a season. So don't down, don't beat yourself up. Just understand, hey, you missed an opportunity on this, but God's going to grace you with another one. But make sure you learn from that. You see what I'm saying? And so you condition yourself to be prepared for the next opportunity by feeling the, I wouldn't even say anguish, but feeling, how can I put it? Feeling the, I don't know, maybe it is anguish, not anguish, but feeling the pain of missing the last opportunity. That's what motivates me. There was a time um, I really wasn't um, really big on YouTube. My focus on other things. And then one of my videos went viral. And there were just certain things that just wasn't in a line for me to capitalize on that moment, that burst. And that viral moment happened um, before YouTube made changes with notifications, post notifications. So I missed an opportunity to really um, connect with that new audience that came through my Proverbs 31 videos, et cetera. But now I know this time I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be prepared when the next uh, rush of fish come in so that when, when more people come in, I now have tools and resources ready for them, for them to grow in God. You see what I'm saying? So the pain of me missing opportunity keeps me focused, keeps me, keeps me on point in this new season, in the new opportunity, or when the next opportunity come, I'm not just going to be like, well, I guess I'll try to know. It's like, no, when it comes, when it happens, coach is still going to be the same OG. Coach going to still do what he does, but he knows for a fact, I'm going to capitalize on this by making sure systems are in place so that people are properly nourished through this channel. And so that's what you do. Allow the pains of your missed opportunity. Make sure that you own point when the next opportunity comes. So don't worry about if you procrastinate this last season. Learn from it, grow from it, and keep your and and keep yourself ready for when the next time comes. This ain't your last season. God ain't gonna be like, that's it for you. I'm sorry. No, God's like, I got you. Learn from this so that you'll be able to earn from the next one. Jessica Reed says, Hey coach, how do you stop feeling like you are missing out on fun with peers when you decide not to partake in activities like drinking a lot? Jessica, that stuff is fleeting. That stuff is vain. Um, the advice that I would give you is this. 
What you choose to do now will determine what you have later. Most of the people that are are uh, not missing out are the ones that will miss out later. I'd rather miss out now to have later than to, to have now and miss out later. And a lot of people are setting themselves up for that. So you're not missing out on fun. Fun is actually being, is fun is working on the fundamentals. That's fun. Fun is maximizing your craft. Fun is growing. Fun is maturing. Fun is having peace. Fun. That's fun. Like, like a lot of people look at my life and they're like, man, coach, your life is boring. No, nah, it ain't boring. <laughs> y'all, y'all just can't see what's what I like to do for fun. Fun is 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 getting to know God. Fun is executing your purpose. This is fun for me. This is fun. This is this is this is this is what I do. This is my purpose. That's fun. So my advice to you is you are not missing out on nothing. So how do you stop feeling that way? It's finding the facts beyond the feelings. I'm blessed with the mind that's able to think four to five to 10 moves ahead and a lot of things. Almost, I've exercised my brain in such a degree that I can almost do it instantaneously. And so what I would tell you is, is, is to, is to uh, uh, build your mind to be able to write down the facts behind all of your feelings so that when those feelings occur, your brain serves you by showing you the facts. The facts is right now, you're not drunk. The facts is you're not setting yourself up to be a human traffic. Number three, you're not setting yourself up to be in the bedroom of a man and possibly getting an STD or being pregnant. You're that, that, Those are the facts. That's what kept me a virgin for a long time. That kept me a virgin until I was married. It was because I began to think, man, if I sleep with this person, I have a 50% chance of having a baby and I have a 100% chance of having a soul tie. So finding the facts, no matter how feeling, no matter what the feelings I had, nah, I can't do this. I'm not going to entertain her. I'm not going to entertain that because I got too much to lose. But I'm glad that I had a purpose mind early on in life and my purpose began to really put limits, protective limits in my life. You see what I'm saying? So forget their activities. They're a waste in their life. What you do with your youth will determine how young you feel in life. Your youth is between the age of 12 and 30. What you do between 12 and 30 will determine how you feel between 31 and the day you die. All right. But most people, they stay, they utilize all of their youth for vain things and then not have to use the rest of their life to un to undo what they what they did. And the beautiful thing about you, you can just navigate slowly. There's a lot of people that partied, that that has sex, that did a bunch of stuff when I was young. And if you look at their Instagram page right now, you look at my life right now, who, who, who came out better? I'm telling you, just because it look like they're having fun right now, Instagram is a lie. Social media is a lie. They're hurting. People who try to force fun are people who are done on the inside. They're done. They don't, they, 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 they just don't like themselves. They're they're done with who they are. And they're trying to find themselves as someone else. Man, don't waste your time, Jessica. I'm telling you, it's overrated. Overrated. That's what that is. I'm telling you, people gonna say your life is boring, but you're really helping yourself out. Hope to help. Mimi says, how to get over someone when they're your coworker, never dated. Um, facts over feelings. You know, um, number one, that's your coworker. Um, never let a person mess up your money. 
Don't let a person mess up your productivity. That should be the forefront of your mind. The forefront of your mind should be, I'm not going to allow this coworker to mess up my bag. I'm not going to allow this coworker to mess up my, my, my productivity. I'm not going to allow him to rent mental space, her to rent mental space in my mind, occupying what should be used for productivity purposes. You see what I'm saying? So, so the fact that you never dated is cool. Maybe y'all had a situation ship. Maybe y'all did some things, whatever. That's when you begin to process it all. You know what? I'm going to think this through. Why, why am I tied to this person? Who is this person? The best way to kind of begin the untying purpose is to look at that person for who they are. Lust blinds. You could infatuation is blind, not love. So what happens is you're blinded by infatuation, and now you feel a, you feel a tie to him. But when you really look at him, or you look at her, you'll be able to say, "I'm tied to him. I'm 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 congested with him." Man, I'm telling you. You got to put your thoughts on paper and see why you like this person so much and you'll get over them. When you see a person for who they really are and you see yourself for who you really are and be like, you know what? Why am I insecure? Why am I like this? Why am I liking this coworker? And if it's a demonic thing, it could just be demonic stuff. But 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 let's look at the discipline of the flesh first. So what you need to do is look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, where am I in life right now? Am I in a place where 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 I'm just insecure? Am I in a place where I don't feel beautiful? Am I in a place where I don't love myself? Self-love leads to self-care. The more you love yourself, the more you care about yourself. And I have another part. Self-hate leads to self-harm. We harm ourselves because we don't love ourselves. That's what you need to do. Because if you don't take care of that part of you, you're going to find yourself liking somebody else and it's going to affect your money. That job is a gift from God for you to learn lessons, to learn opportunities, to be stewards of the gift that he has given you. So how do you get over that coworker? Write down where you are in life. Write down who that person really is. And on that paper, you'll begin to find out, you know what? I'm just in a bad space right now. I need to do number one. I got to repent for just for living um, a life where I wasn't engaging with God. Number two, I'm going to implement disciplines to ensure I, I develop that devotion with God to build my my identity to to deepen my discernment and to help me grow in confidence in him and who he has made me to be. And then when you go to work, if you find it hard in the beginning, what you do is in the car, say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to go into this job be my help, be my strength. Help me to see myself the way you see me and help me to see that individual, how you see him and how I should see him or her. And the Holy Spirit will supernaturally help you deal with that individual every day. In the car, say that prayer. If you find yourself, you forgot to do it in the car and you see that person, you feel whatever, go to the bathroom and say that prayer. And the Holy Spirit will supernaturally give you the strength to deal with that person. It's that simple. Hotel. Divine 15, you're so welcome. KLJ Designs finally caught you. I'm telling you, caught up. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you caught me on this live. Nicole Crawford says, hey, coach. So I had a dream and a, and, a, and a figure was walking towards me, Jesus. Before I could react, my nerves got bad and the figure disappeared. I'm open and ready to receive him. So why did he leave? I'm not even sure, Nicole. Um, um, I'm not even sure. Um, 
there's a few things, there's a handful of things you got to observe. Um, be very careful what you eat before you go to bed, right? Um, secondly, if it is Jesus, you know, I would just say, Holy Spirit, what was that about? Simple as that. Some things are just that simple. Holy Spirit, what was that? Was that you or was that the indigestion? And Holy Spirit will let you know. So, but that that comes with maturity. Um, so write anytime you have dreams, anytime you have situations like that, write them down in a journal, write them down in a notebook and put them on a shelf. And time will kind of prove why that happened and how it happened. But the more you engage with God through his spirit, you'll be able to say, God, was that you? It wasn't. What was it? Was it something demonic? Was it the food I ate? I bet. Do you be able to make your determinations from there? Hope to help Nicole. Christina says, I have some really good days, but also really low days. I'm trying to break out of this depression. I've been battling for a while. Now, any advice? I want to be 100% free. Good question. Life is hills and valleys, mountaintops and low valley points. Um, life with God is about how you handle life when life happens. And that's what happens. Uh, this is what should happen. The goal is to maximize every ounce of your good days. What I mean by that is to build your faith. It's the fundamentals. It's um, like Joseph. He, for seven years of plenty, he stored up a percentage so that during the seven years of famine, he they had enough. You see what I'm saying? So when you have those good days, store up, store up your faith, stir your faith, um, um, stay faithful. Listen to the Holy Spirit when he tells you, pray a little bit more or do this a little bit more. And then you'll begin to see that when tough days come, you have enough oil in your lamps. You have enough uh, uh, food spiritually to get you through the tough points, because no matter what, you're not going to be 100% freed from situations, from what life throws at you, but you can be 100% able um, to navigate them through the fundamentals. See, points of life are, I call them, they have pressure points. There's when life becomes peaceful, then there's when life becomes pressuring. During the peace, you got to prepare. And in that preparation, by reading your word, by really building a friendship with God, by by just by just um, um, having a faithful track record, all those different things that you may have heard in my videos, and that will help you when the tough days come. Now, the next part, I am trying to break out of this depression. I have been battling for a while now. Any advice? Don't deal with the symptoms. Deal with the root. Every depression has a root of a false dependency. False dependencies produce disappointments. Disappointments produces depression, if not dealt with. False dependency means um, there was a point in my life where I made this person more than who they should have been, or I made this idea of life more than what it should have been. And then when I got to that point or got to that person and was hurt by them, I fell into disappointment. Now I'm sitting here in disappointment and I don't really have no devotion to God. I really don't have no dependency on God. God has not really been my rock in my mind. And so now because that disappointment, when it settles, 
It begins to deteriorate any type of hope you have in God. It begins to deteriorate any type of joy. And all of a sudden, depression becomes the, the stew of those ingredients put together. And the best way to overcome the depression is, number one, say, Holy Spirit, um, reveal the root of this depression? Was it because of my dad? Was it because of my mom? Was it because of a boyfriend or a girlfriend, an ex, an ex-husband, an ex-wife? What, what false dependency did I have in my life that produced this kind of disappointment? Because a lot of people in this generation now, especially in the hyper uh, uh, race that has occurred where everybody's uh, caught up in likes, caught up in retweets, caught up in follows, caught up in, and we getting so much information right now that there's so many people to compare our lives to, so many things to compare our lives to, and when we don't achieve those different things, we feel like we suck. No, you don't suck. It's just called God has a specific process for his people. Now, if you want to get out of God's lane and get into the world's lane, if you want to get out of the single lane, that's the narrow way and get into the 15 lane highway of the Broadway, then be my guest. But if you following God, God is not moved by how fast other, how fast the world moves. He's just not. And so when you realize that your disappointments becomes lessened, your disappointments, disappointments going to happen. But disappointments become depression when you allow disappointments to deteriorate or uh, add damage to your soul. So ask the Holy Spirit to find to show you the root reason why you depress. The Holy Spirit would then begin to show you to help you process um, those areas in your life. Um, and people always ask me about therapy and all that kind of stuff. Everything must boil down to the ultimate therapist, the ultimate comfort of the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we engage with people more than we engage with the comforter. He is the help. He will then guide you to whether you should go to a therapist, where you should go to a counselor, etc. But but uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you that unction because you don't, therapy is a good thing, counseling is a good thing, but going to the wrong one can really jack up your mind, right? So I have really good days, but also really low days. I am trying to break out of this depression. I have I have been battling for a while, and any advice, I want to be 100% free. Find the root, find the root, and then, and then really look at your life clearly and say, you know what? I'm going to start putting my dependency on God. The Holy Spirit will then begin to renew your mind on how to see life. I went through depression. You know why I went through depression? Because I idolized ministry. I idolized the results of ministry. So when I didn't get those results of ministry, I was sad. Your value, your temperament should not be determined by what's happening or not happening in your life. It should be determined by what happened in your life. And that was the death, the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's where your hope needs to be. He needs to be your rock. If not, you're going to find yourself in a rock in a hard place. Hope to help. I'm done. I think I'm tapped out. Holy Spirit, I, I got a feeling I'm done. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray this video was a blessing. Um, Timestamps below. Um, I guess we got some materials here for you. For those who know, you know, uh, books I have, Dating Prep, another book on uh, the purpose of singleness, um, a book on spiritual warfare here, World War Me. Book on uh, soul ties and strongholds. There, all these books are available now on my website, iamunplugged.com. Um, two courses on my website, six books, 
um, two card games. Dating prep is a card game for those who dating themselves, dating uh, um, uh, a, a significant person or dating their husband or wife. On uh, the book goes with it. I got a game called Memory Muscle. It helps. It's a fun way to memorize scripture alone or with friends. Um, so all the resources are on my website. I am unplugged. Dot com and those tabs menus will take you where you need to go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll probably see you guys. I probably won't see you guys tomorrow. If I have time tomorrow, I'll do another Q and a, um, if I have time, uh, nephew got a game, nephew got a game on Tuesday, but I'll, I'll get to y'all. Y'all be blessed. Have a great, uh, night and I'll see y'all soon. Peace.